Good afternoon. This is Bella Vasta from Jump Consulting, and I'm here today with Kleinman Law Firm, specifically Brent Kleinman, um, an attorney in Arizona. Brent, how are you today? I am doing fabulous, Danielle. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about copyright infringement. Been going around a lot in the pet sitting community. Uh, but first, for all of our listeners, I'd like to give you a quick bio of Brent just so that you know how awesome he is. <laughs> Brent um, had got his degree from the Phoenix School of Law and opened up his own practice here in Arizona recently. Brent is an active member of the Maricopa County Bar Association and American Bar Association. This spring, he's just been appointed to the Board of Directors for the Young Lawyers Division for the Maricopa Bar and is also the Chair of the Law Practice Management Section for the Young Lawyers Division of the ABA. Brent is licensed to practice in the State Courts of Arizona and also the Arizona District and U.S. Federal Court. Or, I'm sorry, Arizona District of the U.S. Federal Court. Uh, he moved to Phoenix in 1990 and now considers himself a near native. It helps that he did marry a Phoenix native. Brent is, uh, has been married since 1994 and enjoys spending time with his beautiful wife, Kathy, and their family. Together they enjoy raising their three children, you guys will all love this, three great dogs, and helping different charitable organizations through Phoenix, which notably is how I uh, met Brent almost a year ago now wonderful person, uh, always out there to help each people out. So if you're listening and you're in Arizona and you need a, um, a local attorney, I definitely encourage you to look up Brent. So Brent, thank you so much. And now we're going to dive into all of this stuff. Uh, this, this conversation sprouted because I personally received a wonderful letter in the, email or in the mail last week from uh, Getty Images. Apparently when I first started out blogging about 200 plus blogs ago, uh, I used to do what I know a lot of pet sitters do, which is just to kind of Google uh, an image, click images, find the images, cut, copy, paste, and throw it on my blog without ever giving it any credit. Now, as I got on with my blogging career here and, and realized that was wrong, I stopped doing that. But what I did not do was go back to my old blogs and take things down, um, which is now a task that I'm knee-deep in doing. Um, but Brent, can you elaborate on what, why I made those mistakes and why it's bad and, and what's actually kind of starting to happen now? Um, and, and they're going after lots of different people who are using unauthorized pictures and the copyright infringement laws and, and all that stuff. Can you enlighten us on that subject? Sure, Danielle. What happens is a lot of photographers go out and take the phenomenal pictures of the Arizona sunsets, skyscrapers in New York, airplanes, balloons, dogs, dog shows. And these professional photographers then take that artwork and they'll post it on the web and all the different sites where you can Google pictures. But what they do is they then take those pictures and they trademark them and copyright them with the federal government. And once that happens, it becomes property that needs to be sold and can't be used anymore freely. And most of these pictures, especially even the older pictures, don't have the watermarks on the picture that say they're owned by such and such photographer or property of so and so. And 
many people use them, and then Getty Images, who is one of the bigger companies that copyrights these pictures, goes out, does searches, and sends a letter similar to what you got to anyone who misuses these pictures. I imagine they have a whole department dedicated to this legal stuff, going and finding people who have used the, the photos unknowingly, illegally, to go after them and probably use that as a marketing ploy to the photographers for come to our site, we'll protect you, huh? The, the Getty Images and people like that do it to some effect as a marketing tool. They, they are more for the artists. The really bad people, and if you, if you were to ignore a letter you received from someone such as a Getty Images, are the law firms that actually make a business out of this because they do it all on a contingency fee basis. And they go out and they look for photographers that they can represent, guaranteeing them that they're going to receive some sort of compensation because it's an automatic federal statute violation. There's really no defense in most cases when a business uses a picture illegally. So ignorance is not bliss in this this uh, situation, it sounds like? Not not at all. In, in this case, <laughs> not knowing, ignorance, the, all the most honest intentions in the world, really all it can do is lessen the fine you have to pay. It isn't going to get you out of paying the fine. My goodness. So when I got slapped with that 800 and something dollar bill, and then they added taxes on it, and it ended up at 900 that's something I am eventually going to have to pay. For my honest-to-God, blatant stupidity, I suppose, huh? It, I, I'm not going to say it's or a, a fraction a, of it. Some of it you can chalk up to stupidity, a lot of it to not knowing, and a lot of it to the assumption is because there's so many pictures out there with the watermarks and the this picture belongs to, a lot of people assume if they don't see that, automatically it's a free open open game to use that picture. And right. the, the amazing thing is, had you chosen to buy this picture, gone to Getty and said, I'm looking for such and such a picture, usually a one-time use, you're paying, I think, $45, $35, $50 to use that image. But well, I've also heard of pet sitters that have purchased the image. However, their purchase use has run out. It's expired. And then Getty has actually come after them as well. So I suppose that even using the image, you still have to keep up, just like your website, make sure that you keep up on the, um, on the, the, the yearly fee, if you will. Um, right. Tell me, so... Kind of like if, hosting. Oh, go on. I'm sorry. Oh, it's kind of like your web hosting or anything else that you do with the Internet. If you are buying it, there. You can buy it for a year, two years, forever, and those are all different prices. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. So tell me, Brent, if I am on you know, Facebook and I see one of those really funny pictures that I want to share on my pet sitting company website, and at the bottom it says, you know, facebook.com backslash my dog is cool. By me sharing that with that in the bottom, is that enough of me citing that source or could my dog is cool come after me too? Where Where is that line drawn exactly? Well, there, there, there's, there's 
different aspects because some pictures that go on a Facebook page are free and open pictures and others are going to be still protected. Now, the, the difference is if you on Facebook, for instance, there's a picture on there and you push share and then you share it on your business Facebook page, mm-hmm. that you're fine to do. But if you right. cut, and, cut and paste that picture onto your actual website, then you're using it for a purpose different than the purpose it was intended for. And then there's the possibility, if the picture's copyrighted, that you could still be liable for taking that picture and using it without getting permission. Mm-hmm. What if somebody took... Go on. I was going to say, basically, the thing is, imagine Coca-Cola or Pepsi, they put their images on Facebook every day. Mm-hmm. But if you use their logo to put onto your website to drive business, or if we did it with, you know, dog products, be it, you know, a pet food or something like that, even though it's on Facebook, you could share that on your Facebook company page without any problem. But if you took that image and then put it onto your your website, that right. would theoretically drive people when they Googled. Because what, what everyone's afraid of is they're going to Google a picture of Purina dog food. And your website, because you have better SEO, is going to come up first ahead of Purina. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to be going to your website versus the website that owns the image. Right. So, like, I mean, that's a great point, right? So there's, like, uh, the pet food recall. And so yeah. I'll post a pet food recall, and then I'll do a search for a Google image of the a picture of the pet food. Um, and I'll use that image that I got offline, whether it's from Purina or whether it's someone took a picture of that picture, and I'll put it on there to accompany the blog so that it can jog people's memories. This is what the bag looks like. If that picture is owned by the right kind of person that wants to come after me, technically they could, it sounds like, correct? Technically they could if it was using their logo. And again, if it is negatively trying to harm their business. Now, if you're reporting a pet food recall, published news and you're you're sharing that news uh-huh. and use their logo, you're fine. But if you just have a personal vendetta against a certain pet food and uh-huh. you say this pet food is no good for dogs and it causes dogs to get sick, get you know, die young, whatever that may be, and put uh-huh. their logo up on your blog, then you're you're intending to harm the owner of that image. Uh-huh. And harm their business. So it's intent. Right. Okay. Interesting. Um, Carrie uh, asks us, or asked me to ask you, um, is it true that if a photo doesn't have copyright of on, we can use it? Not necessarily. Um, some some pictures won't have the copyright notice on the picture directly where you've gotten it from, but if you that the original of that because you don't know if you're taking it from someone who's taken that picture and cropped off the copyright of already. Mm-hmm. So even though you may be innocent in how you receive that picture, 
you may still end up being guilty for getting that picture. And again, if Getty or somebody was to come after you, that that's something you could fight, and that's going to lessen the fees and fines you most likely have to settle to. But it it doesn't guarantee just because it doesn't say that that it's a picture you can use. This is incredible. So um, I had another question come in. Someone had, uh, I mean, just taken a picture they thought was cute and used it for their cover image. Um, you know, again, you, you just it just basically sounds like we really do have to be careful of what pictures we use if we did not personally take them. And the more time goes on and the more things are being, quote, infringed on, the more we're going to see the increase of crackdowns happening through places like Getty or those lawyers you were talking about at the beginning of the call. So we, it's really important for us to be cognizant of what we're using, it sounds like, right? You do. And I mean, there's a bunch of websites. And a lot of people, instead of typing, I'm looking for a picture of a yellow lab catching a baseball, you know, start by typing in free images. On, uh -huh. on Google, and then go into the, one of those websites and doing a search on there, uh -huh. because those images are all already deemed free and open right. and used. Um, the problem is, it's so easy to hop on a computer and say, "This is a picture I'm looking for." Type it in Google, click the little images button on the left, and you've got 500 choices to choose from. But th that's, that's even gotten me in trouble before. Well, yeah, because you, you do that, some of those pictures aren't are copyrighted pictures, even though they're showing up on Google. Right. So um, what I've started doing is I've tried to start using, especially like this year, uh, as many pictures as I can. And every time that I do post a picture of my own, um, I put it through my Picasa first. And what Picasa does is it puts a little watermark at the bottom that says www.bellashouseandpets.com. So every picture that goes out there, if people like, you know, that I'm posting in my photo albums on uh, my fan page or that I'm po putting out there, I've been doing a lot of that. I've been very cognizant of it. So that now if, if I'm on the receiving end of it, if someone takes my images and starts posting it around, um, you know, my, it's watermarked at the bottom. Um, that's something yeah, I would definitely recommend a lot of. The, um, watermark is, the watermark is good for you, and then you know what's happening, but it isn't sufficient to copyright a picture. Like, for, okay. for instance, with, with the image uh, that Getty's coming after you for. That, that picture is officially, they, people send in the paperwork and you pay X amount of dollars to file a copyright on a picture, right? And then you then you own that picture by putting your your logo watermarked on there. There's going to be a lot of people that say, "I don't want this picture on my site because I don't want to publicize somebody else." But right. it does it doesn't give you the legal grounds to go after somebody as a plaintiff. What does give you the legal grounds um, for copyright infringement if someone stole part of my blog, you know, if someone if someone copied copied my website, which happens all the time, Brent. Um, what legal grounds do you have for, you know, that's text um, infringement, isn't it? Yeah, now, 
the the content of your blog is going to be a little bit different than photos that you've taken because there's oh. there's a, a a right for a, an expectation of privacy that uh-huh. people have when they put out their their thoughts versus a picture and it, it's it's different as as far as how you registered and websites sometimes are easier to um to protect than necessarily an image okay but so overall it, understanding you know the challenges that we've started facing and that I've personally faced, what would be your advice um for someone like myself who blogs a lot and is on social media a lot, um, what what would you advise me to do moving forward to protect my focus? <laughs> my, my my biggest advice would be more to concern yourself with protecting you from using using images and text and anything that isn't yours and protecting yourself from that potential lawsuit than. Uh-huh. The, the being the protector of your stuff going out, um, and and by protecting to making sure you're doing everything right, is it, with pictures especially it, it takes a lot of work and time and making sure you're you're taking an image that either you took of the picture yourself or it was on a site where it's clearly marked as it's a a free thing that there is no copyright to it or you know going to a a Getty image or some of the other pay image places and and Google searching for the type of picture you you have and making sure that picture isn't there because if you do that proactively and make sure you've prevented that lawsuit down the road from happening you're you're protecting yourself and that's a that's a big thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, it's just so um, complicated because, I, I mean, you know how much I blog. And this I, I posted this blog probably at least a year and a half ago. I barely remembered even writing this blog. And these pictures, you know, maybe one day you use it and you buy it and then it, it expires. And, you know, there, it's a lot of things to keep track of. So it sounds like the easiest way to do it is just to make sure that they're all in-house, they're all your own pictures, and then you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. That, that's always the best way, and I mean, I, I know they look corny, and some people want to stay away from them, but a lot of those, you know, the fake drawing, you know, like the cartoon ones, those, so many of those are out there and free, and I mean, obviously it's a little bit harder with dogs and, and pet-related blogs, but, you, you know, Take a free picture as often as you can and create a folder on your desktop that is pictures you know are free and pictures you can use. And if you blog right. as much as you do, mm-hmm. I mean, if you use the same picture once every 232 different blogs, nobody's <laughs> going to know. Right. They, they're not going to say, oh, wow, I remember seeing that dog on her post 65 days ago. Right, of it's, course. It, it, and, and that's and then then you're safe and that's a, that's a good thing to be. And the other thing is, if you ever get these letters from anybody, as far as saying we've found a picture on your site that's wrong, a take it down as quickly as you can, and b deal with the letter because 
if you ignore it, it's only going to get worse as far as how much you have to pay. Wow. Okay. Good to know. If uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, um, what's your? They can get a hold of you on Facebook, or you want them to email you. Or how, how would you like to be contacted? They can get a hold of me at, on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Kleinman Law Firm, or okay. they can call me directly. It's area code 602-354-4809, and that rings to my phone 24 hours a day. So I will Beautiful. always get your call. And, um, or you can go to my website, which is www.kleinman.com. K-L-E-I-N-M-A-N, lawaz.com. Wonderful. Well, Mr. Brent Kleinman, I'm sure glad to have you in my life, and you're definitely going to be a huge blessing to all the pet sitters that listen to this. So on behalf of all of them, I profusely thank you, and um, I hope you have a great day, sir. Thank you. You too, and thank you so much for calling. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.